السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله النبي الكريم أما بعد فيا عباد الله يقول الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه العزيز بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إنا أنزلناه في ليلة القدر وما أدراك ما ليلة القدر ليلة القدر خير من ألف شهر تنزل الملائكة والروح فيها بإذن ربهم من كل أمر سلام هي حتى مطلع الفجر صدق الله العلي العظيم most are of the view that this surah is surah madani there are difference of opinion of what madani means and makki means but madani generally means any surah ayat verses that were revealed after our beloved habib sallallahu alayhi wasallam migrated and moved to madina minawara those are called mad- madanis so it doesn't matter if it was revealed in makkah it doesn't matter if it was revealed in traveling or in journey at home if it was revealed after migration that surah will be considered madani so surah al-qadr is considered to be a madani surah one of the beauties of the quran is that even though in the exact order that the quran was revealed is not the Quran is not in that exact same order it's not like surah al-fatiha was first and surah al-nas was last it's not, it's not how the Quran was revealed one verse was revealed and the prophet of allah sallallahu said okay it's part of this surah so for example surah al-alaq the first five verses were revealed then later on the rest of the surah was revealed so it's not in order of revelation but the beauty is is that there's always a connection with the current surah with the previous surah so the Surah Al-Qadr has some connection to Surah Al-Alaq. Every Surah is like that. So, so one dis- although we have not focused on it a lot in the previous Surahs, one interesting discussion in the books of Tafsir is that the connection between one Surah and the one following it. The previous Surahs in the beginning, there's like, Alam tara kayfa fa'ala rabbuka Surah Al-Fil and Surah Al-Quraysh. There's a connection to it. So every Surah has a connection with the preceding and the, the Surah that was before it. So, because we know that the sequence of the Qur'an is not in the order of revelation. Likewise, not every Surah was revealed at once. For example, Surah Al-Alaq. Rather, every time some verses were revealed, the Prophet of Allah وسلم, will tell the Muslims and the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala majma'een to put each verse here. And he وسلم, told them the order of the surahs. In the previous surah, Surah Al-Alaq, it is discussed how the Quran was revealed. This surah talks about when it was revealed. The previous surah spoke about why or how it was revealed. This surah is going to talk about when it was revealed. In the previous surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that He taught mankind that which they didn't know. That which they didn't know. In this, in the second verse of this surah, Allah gives an example of this. He says, did you know about Laylatul Qadr? You did not, but I'm going to tell you. So Allah tells us in the previous surah something we didn't know. And now Allah says, I'm going to tell you one thing that you didn't know and that was Laylatul Qadr. Qadr. And also in the previous surah, it ended with perform sajda and get closer. 
perform sajda waqtarib and get closer to Allah. Yani Allah se qurb hasil kara. Get a, gain a proximity and a closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In this surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about one of the best time and one of the best methods of getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there's a connection with Surah Al-Qadr and Surah Al-Alaq. We had revealed the Quran during the night of Qadr. Qadr has many meanings. Nowadays, the ones who become the names that become famous, we just stick with them. But Qadr has many meanings. Qadr is one meaning. The night of decree, as we say. The night of destiny. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers this night to be the night of destiny because this is the night where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs the malaika, the angels of all the decrees and the destinies of every person for the upcoming year. Allah already knew these from beforehand but the angels are given these decisions that they need to execute throughout the year. They're told all of these decisions on the night of Qadr. Another meaning of Qadr. Honor, nobility. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to this night as the night of honor and nobility. Why? Because this is the night that the most noble speech was revealed, meaning the Quran. That's one reason why it's called the night of nobility and honor. Another reason why it's called the night of nobility and honor is because anyone who uses this night well will be granted honor and nobility on the day of judgment. So qadr also means honor, dignity, respect. Number three, qadr, another common translation, the night of power. Power, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to this night as the night of power because this night is powerful enough to change a person's entire life. The night of Qadr is so powerful that this can change an entire person's night, an entire person's life. One dua or one accepted ibadah could change everything about this person. So this is why it's called the night of power. The fourth meaning of Qadr. In Urdu we say this a lot. Appreciation. This night, this is a night worthy of appreciation since it was a night revealed, that, that was, it was a night where, where the Quran was revealed which is a means of guidance for all of mankind or it is a night that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appreciates his servants so much that he decided to give them a reward that could last them for a lifetime. So, the night of Qadr. Yani in Urdu we say, Uski Qadr ke. Did you, did you value that person? Did you appreciate that person? Or did you value Allah haqqa qadrihi? Ma qadr Allah haqqa qadrihi. They do not value Allah the way He deserves to be valued. Qadr. So Night of Qadr, Laylatul Qadr is not the most just one translation, there's many translations for Night of Qadr. And each translation can have its reasons why it was called the Night of Qadr. Okay. But it says, Inna The Quran was revealed on the Night of Qadr. 
What do you mean the Quran was revealed on the night of Qadr? Throughout the life of Al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he brought different verses, he watched some surahs. But in this verse, Allah is saying he has revealed the entire Quran on the night of Qadr. What does that mean? When we know that it was spread out through 23 years. It was spread out over a period of 23 years. So what does this verse mean? Laylatul Qadr was that night which the entire Quran was sent down from the highest heaven to the lowest heaven to the angels there. And he was brought from the top to the lowest heavens getting ready for the malaika to give it to the Prophet of Allah So the Quran was revealed from the highest yani it descended. You can give a different translation. It was descended. It was, we descended the Quran. We brought the Quran down on the night of Qadr. It was on the highest heavens and we brought it down to the lowest heavens to the malaika. Verse number two. They ask you, what can make you know what is the night of Qadr? In English, when we want to show the gravity of something, we do it through a question. For example, how can I even explain how happy I am right now? You're not really asking a question. It's a rhetorical question. You can say. How can I even tell you how happy I am right now? So Allah is saying it in a manner, it's such a beautiful night. It's such an amazing night. I can't even explain to you what kind of night it is. You know, like, it's such a night. You know, I can try to explain to you the power and the beauty of this night, but the reality is, you know, we call it afal ta'ajjub. It's, it's, it's a it's question of ta'ajjub, meaning it's shocking. I can't believe, how did this even happen? How is this a reality right now? That's how Allah say, وَمَا أَدَرَاكَ مَا لَيْلَةُ الْقَدْرِ Another way to look at this verse is that Allah is saying, you had no idea about this amazing night, you had no idea of this quick and easy way to get close to me, but out of my love for you, I'm telling you. And then he goes on to explain what Laylatul Al-Qadr is in the next few verses. Laylatul Al-Qadr, khayrun min al-fishar. The night of Qadr is better than a thousand months. Imam Malik rahmatullahi alayhi reports in his mawatta that Al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam was made aware of the long lifespan of the previous nations. And this upset the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum ajma'im. Since his ummah would only live for a fraction of their lifespan and they would not be able to do, be equal with them in, to, in good deeds. The fact that the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala were upset that they would not be able to compete with the previous nations. And that is why we were giving Laylatul Qadr. It's so sad. What is the Ummah competing in nowadays? Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala at the Prophet وسلم, was sitting and somebody walked into the courtyard, the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala were sitting there and the Prophet of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that the next person to walk in this courtyard, the next person to walk through that door, the next person to come in this courtyard, this is a man of Jannah. Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala were eagerly looking who's going to come inside. And they see a man come. The second day, 
Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Whoever ever walks in this courtyard, the next person to walk through that door, the next person to walk through that courtyard, he's a man of Jannah. He's from Min Ahlil Jannah. Same person the next day, third day, same day. No, Sahaba radhiyallahu taala didn't just settle down. Okay, cool. You know, he's been called the No, why? What does he do? I want to know what does this man do that our beloved Prophet is saying and announcing to all the Sahaba that this man is a man of Jannah. What did he do? So they would, one Sahaba said, you know, I'm going through some difficulties, can I stay with you? Okay, sure. Sahaba their doors were wide open. They're not like us. Why do you want to stay? How long are you going to stay? Are you going to eat my food? Do I have to provide for you? Are you going to share? Are you going to give me some rent? Are you going to pay for the electric bill, water bill? No, no, no. You can stay for as long as you want. Okay, come. First day he looks, he doesn't do anything special. He does what every other Sahaba does. He gets up for Tahajjud, he prays the Salah in the Masjid. He's not doing anything special. Eventually he said, look, I'm going to tell you the truth. The truth is when you walked through that door, when you walked in the courtyard, the Prophet said, you're a man of Jannah. I wanted to know why. What did you do? He said, I can't think of anything. So he says, maybe every night before I go to sleep, I ask for forgiveness and I forgive anyone who did anything to me. That's my daily habit. My nightly habit before I go to sleep is I forgive everyone. That's all. That was the action that earned him the title of being from the people of Jannah. Well, the Prophet of Allah is telling this person that you are a Jannati. Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala were eager to compete in good deeds. When they were told that the, the rich people, the wealthy people, they have so many opportunities and so many chances to earn so many good deeds. The poor muhajirun radiallahu ta'ala said, Ya Rasulullah, they have surpassed us. They have beat us, Ya Rasulullah. We can't compete with them, Ya Rasulullah, because they have so much money and we don't have money. They were looking to compete. When the, sahab, when the Prophet of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went to Jannah to visit Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he descended in Ikhya, came back, he went to Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu he said, Ya Bilal I heard your footsteps preceding me, you are ahead of me in Jannah, what do you do that you're walking before me in Jannah? The Messenger of Allah sallallahu wants to know how he can compete with Bilal radiallahu Ya Rasulullah, I don't really do anything No, no, you do something special, what do you do? Ya Rasulullah every time I make wudu, I pray tahiyyatul wudu I pray two rakats of wudu. They were trying to compete in good deeds. They were trying to compete in ibadah. What are we competing on? It's so sad, it's so petty, it's so bad that the Muslims are competing amongst each other in dunya. You go to someone and say, I read 10 just today. What did they tell you? Good for you, I made 10K today. You read 10 jars, that's it. Now I'm going to make sure I read 11. That is how we're supposed to talk. And this dunya, this competition is not okay. In this dunya, this competition is not okay. We want good for our Muslim brothers and sisters. You made 10K, I made a, I made a thousand, I'm satisfied, I'm happy. You're satisfied, you're happy, alhamdulillah. Good for you. But no, we find out a Muslim is successful in business. We need to find out what they did. What is their bread and butter? Find out what they did. Do it better than them and run them out of business.
That's, that's our mentality. But when someone comes and tells you, I said the kalma la ilaha illallah a thousand times, the first response would be good for you, or it would be, oh, that's bid'ah, I'm not going to do that much athkar. No, I want to do 2,000. The month of Ramadan is on the, around the corner right now. We need to start competing and good deeds, start preparing for it. Tell our wives and our children that look, let's compete and who can recite the most Quran? Our, one of my ustads and my teachers, in the month of Ramadan, we would compete. And, you know, and it was Friday, it was Thursday night, and he's like, okay, let's have a competition. And who can say the most salawat upon the Prophet of Allah So I'm like, okay, I'm doing a tikaf in the masjid, I'm gonna easily beat him. He's doing a tikaf too, but I'm like, yeah, I know my speed. So the next day comes, Friday night, Maghrib time is done, I go to home, and like, oh. he's like, how much do you do? I said, 10K. I said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allahumma Salli Ala Sayyidina Muhammad, 10,000 times. He said, that's it. I'm like, what you mean? That's it? He's like, oh, I did 15K before that, and I ended Thursday. You only did 10 throughout that entire 24-hour span? 24 hours, you only send salawat upon the Prophet of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, 10,000 times, that's all much. That's the kind of love you have? I did 10K before the night ended. Before Thursday night ended. I'm not talking about Friday. I did 10K before I went to sleep. Competition. You don't think I competed with him the week after? Oh, I'm going to get you next week. I'm going to figure it out. No, no. No, I can't do it. No, no, no. Next week, I'm going to do 20. I'm going to do 30 after that. I'm going to do 40 after that, 50 after that. You will realize when you make a habit of it how easy it is to send salawat upon the Prophet of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa a thousand times a day. Very easy. The Sahaba radiyallahu ta'ala were blessed with this night of Qadr because they wanted to compete with the previous nations in good deed. In my opinion, every masjid should have a competition on who can do more ibadah on the night of Qadr, not to show off, but to encourage. And if we have fear of showing off, forget about that fear, because if it encourages them to do ibadah, then do it. We can't just keep shutting down everything because shaitan tells us people are going to show off. No, compete. In dunya, we want to compete so easily. But when it comes to deen, we put it to the side. Yeah, I really don't care. Okay, I did a hundred, you did thousand. You know, you get reward for your thousand, I get reward for my hundred. But in dunya, we don't talk like that. This ummah was blessed with night of qadr because they wanted to compete in good deeds. If we continue to compete in this dunya, that I have no doubt in my mind that the barakah that we can receive on night of Qadr is going to be gone because we don't want to compete on good deeds, we want to compete on dunya. The basis, the bunyad, the foundation and the root reason of receiving Laylatul Qadr was to do, it was to compete in good deeds with the previous nation, yet this ummah is competing in this dunya on that same night. And we expect to receive the blessing of night of Qadr. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honored his beloved messenger of Allah the beloved prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and his ummah by granting us the night of Qadr to excel the nations of the past. This is because one single night of ibadah can net us more than 83 years of hasanat in one night. The words of Quran 
Do not say that it is equal to a thousand much rather than it is better than a thousand much. In our deen and our religion, there are times and places that enhance the virtue of deeds. For example, good deeds in Mecca or good deeds during the month of Ramadan or Medina Minawara, those virtuous deeds are increased. The reward of it is increased. Allah keeps giving us opportunities after opportunities after opportunities to get closer to Him. You do not have to be in Mecca al-Mukarramah. You do not have to be in Medina Minawara. You do not have to be in Masjid al-Aqsa to receive the reward of Laylatul Qadr. That is how easy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it. In our minds, we compare establishing a connection with Allah to how we establish a connection with others. We have made it some, into something difficult even though it is not. You see, as human beings, when a person wants to impress another person, they often feel they can't do something simple. No, I gotta do something out of this world to impress this person. And the bigger the person they are, the more they want to impress them. The bigger thing they need to do to get their attention. Example, if a person wants to impress a king, they're going to look for a huge and expensive gift. Just giving them a fruit basket is not going to cut it. When you want to get married and you feel like you need to give these huge gifts and diamond rings to your you know, fiancé or whatever, that you're looking for high expensive gifts to impress her and her family, just a bouquet of flowers is not going to cut it. It's just nature. We have to impress other people in order to grab their attention. So isn't it? Shouldn't it be the case that the kings of kings, the creator of all of mankind, the creator of every single creation that we see, should expect something big to grab his attention? However, this is not the case with Allah. Allah already says, I love you. Allahu waliyu alladheena amanu. Allah says, I already love you. The hard part of establishing a relationship is getting the other person to love you. If the other person tells you they love you, if the girl tells you that she loves you, that's it. You don't have to do anything else. She already loves you. You already did what you wanted. You wanted her to say, I love you. She said she loves you. Now you don't have to do anything to impress her. The hard part is getting the other person to say, I love you. Allah is saying, I already love you. I don't need anything from you. I don't need anything big from you. I already love you. The hard part, the difficult part is already done. Allah has already declared His love, His friendship with us. In Arabic, for the word for love, we read it in the Quran, mawadda or mahabbat. In Urdu we say muhabbat, it means to love. Allah uses the word wadud. Wadud or wudda is a deeper love than muhabbat. Meaning Allah is saying, I am ghafoor and I am wadood. In the same verse. Allah is saying, not only do I forgive, I love you as if nothing happened. That's true love. We're looking for true love. Allah is presenting it to us. So Allah is saying, I already love you. The hard part is already done. I'm your friend and I love you. Allahu I'm your friend. And I love you. Nowadays we often... Don't take any step to build our connection with Allah because we are waiting for that grand and that big step to take with hopes that we would establish a connection with Allah. And we think that's what it takes. But Allah is not like us. 
Allah doesn't need you to donate a hundred thousand dollars, a half a million dollars, a million dollars to impress Allah. He's Allah. A million dollars does not impress him. We need to understand there's nothing grand, so grand we can do to impress the Almighty. There's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. In waiting for these big steps, we often end up doing nothing. However, Allah is saying, I'm just looking for your small steps. I want you to walk, I'll run to you. I just want you to try. There are so many small steps that we can take that would establish a stronger connection with Allah to the next level. Allah never told you to build a million dollar masjid. Allah never told you to do that. Allah never said you needed to do that in order to earn my love, my attention, in order to grant you jannah. I never needed you to do that. Matter of fact, if a person starts 10 masajid, 100 masajid, starts madaris after madaris, schools after school, donates to charity after charity, starts so many charity organizations, does so much relief for, but his intention was to show off, and then when you compare him to a person who had an intention for his entire life to start a masjid. Ya Allah, I'm starting, trying to start a masjid. I'm putting in the effort to start a masjid. And he spends his 60 years making dua, making an effort to start a masjid. But he fails and he doesn't even build one masjid. He doesn't even start one institute. But because his intentions were correct and that person's intentions were incorrect, the ones whose intentions were correct and he didn't accomplish anything in this dunya will get more reward and a higher status than the one who accomplished so much in this dunya. That is Allah. That is Allah. That is the love of Allah for us. He's not looking for results, he's looking for efforts. He's not looking for exactly quantity, he's looking for quality. If somebody wakes up today and says, you know what, I'm gonna read the entire Quran today. And you exhaust yourself and you read the entire Quran and then you never touch the book of Allah ever again for the rest of the year. And another person says, you know what, I'm going to read one verse every single day. That person who reads one verse every single day is more beloved to Allah, is closer to Allah than the one who recited the entire Quran in one night. Who did Allah say, I want quantity? I want quality. I want consistency. I want steadfastness. We want steadfastness in our hidayah, and our salah. Sirat al-Salah, Salah, we want to do iqama, we want to establish and stay steadfast in our Salah. When we see business or bonuses, incentives and sales of this dunya, we see how fanatical people become. In fact, it is not unheard of to hear people fighting and killing each other when some major takes, sale takes place, like Black Friday or Christmas time or Thanksgiving time or the end of the year, and you want to make sure you get that discount, and people are getting, killing each other and hurting each other and pushing each other and doing all of these things. All of this is for 50% off. And that too over something temporary of this dunya that will last you a maximum of a few years. When Allah the most generous, offers a much more incredible deal for the permanent abode of the Akhirah, we should see even more fanaticism in the sea to see this opportunity. People should be going insane for this, crazy for this. And the narration of the Prophet of Allah if you understood the reward of the first self, you would fight for the first self. You would fight for the first self if you understood the reward of the first self. What do we do? Oh, we'll catch the jama'ah, we'll get, we'll, get, we'll get a spot. I've been to a takaf, and there's like three, four hundred people in the masjid, maybe this size, maybe a little bit bigger, but the rows are like this. I have, and I did it myself too, but I have seen people, after, if they got, they would catch the first saf, 
way before Salat al-Maghrib. And in order to not lose that spot for Salat al-Isha and Salat al-Tarawih, they would sit there the entire time. They wouldn't even uh, eat iftar. They would just break it with dates and just sit there because they wanted the first stuff. Especially in the last 10 nights. That is what we should be fighting. Not for sales. There's a good deal. Not. Or competing in this dunya. It is reported in Bukhari and Muslim on the authority of Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he said, he who spends the entire night or the night of Qadr and the worship of Allah, all of his past sins will be forgiven. The date of the night of, the night of Qadr, the night of Qadr occurs in the last 10 nights of Ramadan, but no specific date has been fixed. It could be any of the last 10 odd nights which may alternate from year to year. I know we say 27th night generally, but it can be the 25th, 23rd, 21st, 29th. It can alternate every year. There's nothing in the Quran or the Hadith or the Prophet I'm saying that every year is the exact same day. And there is wisdom in keeping this date under. If people knew the exact day, they wouldn't do anything throughout the month of Ramadan and they will only do ibadah on that night. When we are unaware, we will work hard every night so that we can catch Laylatul Qadr. And we still gain the reward of worshipping Allah on all of the other Mubarak nights of Ramadan. A special formula to guarantee maximum benefit in the last 10 nights of the Mubarak, night, of the Mubarak month of Ramadan. The Prophet of Allah said, if a person performs his Salatul Isha in congregation, he will attain the blessings of half the night in devotion. And if he performs Salatul Fajr in congregation, he will attain the blessings of spending the entire night in devotion. This means that the more one performs acts in this night, the more he shall receive blessings. There's another opinion of this, the interpretation of this hadith. The Prophet of Allah said, whosoever prays Salatul Isha in congregation, it is as if he has prayed half of the night and done half of the, half, half of the night, he's done ibadah. And if he prays a Salatul Fajr in congregation, it is as if he did, he got the reward of the full night of ibadah. So one interpretation is half and half. Salat al-Isha is for half the night, Salat al-Fajr is for half the night. The other interpretation is no. Salat al-Isha is half the night, and Salat al-Fajr is the entire night. So performing your Salat al-Fajr in congregation, and performing your Salat al-Isha in congregation, it is as if that person gets the reward of one and a half nights of Nibadah. So in order to get the reward of the entire night, and I tell people this, if you are not going to do Ibadah on the night of Qadr, and you're going to sin, just go to sleep. Just go to sleep. Pray your Fajr and Isha and congregation, get up for Salat al-Fajr, and go pray your Salat al-Fajr and congregation. But don't sin. Don't sin on that night. Just go to sleep. You'll get more reward in your ibadah of sleeping. And you'll lose so much if you do wrong. Verse number four, inshallah, finish it off in a few minutes. The angels and the spirit descend therein by the permission of their Lord. The spirit here is referring to Sayyidina Jibrail alayhi salatu wasalam. In this dunya, the head of a state or country only goes to deliver a message personally when it's a huge thing, it's a huge deal. This verse is showing that not just any angels are going to come. All the angels, including the chief of the angels, comes down to honor them this night. Sayyidina Jibreel wasalam, only descended to give revelation and wahi to all the messengers wasalam. But there's another night that Sayyidina Jibreel wasalam, also descends and that is the night of Qadr. Meaning, 
On the anniversary of the revelation of this Quran, the night of Qadr, the angels as well as Jibreel والسلام, come down to earth on this blessed night. We celebrate our anniversaries of marriage and our anniversaries of our birthdays and different days, but no one celebrates the anniversary of the Quran being revealed. The angels have different tasks and duties to do. But on this night, Allah tells all of them, okay, I don't want you to do any of your duties right now. What I want you to go, by the permission of Allah, come down to the earth. And look at what my servants are doing on this night. Everyone's off on this night. The words min kulli amr, for every matter means they come with every kind of command that Allah has decreed for that year. The command could be related to any type of issue, war, peace, health, spiritual, physical, emotional, financial, etc. Everything is decided on that night. That could be the night of promotion, that could be the night of demotion. That could be the night of upgrading, that could be the night of degrading. If that's the night that the boss tells you that there's a high chance you all have an opportunity of regaining and receiving some bonuses and promotion, all of us will be making a strong effort for it. Salamun hiya hatta matla'il fajr. It's peace, it is peace until the emergence of dawn, meaning until Salat al Fajr. We have until Salat al Fajr to take advantage of Allah's great mercy on this Mubarak night. After that, the promotion ends for that year. And we have to hope that we will be given life until next year to find the blessing once again, but no one has this guarantee. Use every moment of your life as if you are not guaranteed tomorrow. Imam Ahmad rahmatullahi alayhi he says, which is narrated in Ibn Majah, that Abi Ayyub radi, Abu Ayyub radiallahu ta'ran, he said, Ja'a rajulun inan nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam faqala ya Rasulullah, allimni wa awjiz, allimni wa awjiz, qal. The Prophet of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, إِذَا قُمْتَ فِي salat, فِي صَلَاتِهِ فَصَلِّ صَلَاتَ مُوَدَّعِ a person came to the Prophet of Allah وسلم, He said, Ya Rasulullah Teach me something but keep it concise Don't make it long advice Keep it concise So the Prophet وسلم, said Ida kumta fi salatak. When you stand up for salah When you're getting ready to pray your salah Pray your salah as if it's your last salah Pray your salah Salata muwadda Muwadda al-wida In Urdu we say Al-wida Bidding farewell Pray this salah as if it is the last salah that you will ever pray. Meaning the best way to motivate yourself to do your best is to imagine that you will never have another opportunity to do it again and this is your last chance. Work hard and don't be overcome with laziness or depression on this night. It was the advice of Sayyidina Hazrat Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala to Mujahid rahmatullahi alayhima. He said that if you wake up in the morning, don't expect to reach the evening. And if you reach the evening, don't expect to wake up the next morning. That is how you should live your life. Keep your eyes on the prize. This dunya is the blink of an eye. Once it is over, nobody will return. A poet, he said, Zindagi guzara Ramzan ki Mot aegi eid ki chan ki Live your life like Ramadan and death will come to you like the moon of Eid. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the blessing of reaching the month of Ramadan.
We are right around the corner where Rajab will start. And the Messenger of Allah وسلم, would start preparing for the month of Ramadan two months in advance by saying the dua, Allahumma barik lana fi Rajaba wa Sha'ban, wa balikna Ramadan, wa Allah bless the months of Rajab and Sha'ban and allow me to witness the month of Ramadan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to witness the month of Ramadan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not only allow us to witness this month of Ramadan, may He give us the ability, the divine ability, the tawfiq to use the month of Ramadan the way it is supposed to be used. May Allah subhanahu make the month of Ramadan a means of getting closer proximity and being close and establishing a strong connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala such a strong connection that it will last its effects will last to the next year the next Ramadan inshallah Jazakumullahu khayram wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh